Hello everyone, this is Pastor Scott. And this is Pastor Don from Good Samaritan Lutheran Church here in Las Vegas. And you're listening to Good News from Good Sam, our podcast. This is where we go deeper into our weekly message and give you some spiritual food for the week. So we hope that you enjoy listening today and always feel free to share it with some of your friends as well. Absolutely. We just hope that our time together today will bless you and that will bring you a little bit closer to God and His love for you. Speaking of figuring things out, tell us a little bit about the sermon. Well, we wrapped up the six-week series called Trailblazer, where um, actually kudos to Natalie, because Natalie found it in some of the resources. Right, right, um, she did. She goes through and searching for things for our youth and uh, felt appropriately so that this was something the whole congregation could do, and, and we did. And so it was the sixth week, um, and the, the topic, the general topic was Jesus gives us a mission, and he certainly did. Yes. So the, the, the topic for the day was, so what's the mission that he gives to us? How about if I read it? From Matthew's I think it's gospel. awesome. It's the Great Commission yep. mission. Which... which well, maybe before I read it. So our mission statement of Good Samaritan, because I gave some examples in the sermon, we don't need to go over those here, of mission statements from corporations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, they, they just made a lot of sense, because I Googled what are the best corporate mission statements mm-hmm. out there. I think our mission statement is just as good. We haven't had to change it in no. about five or six years, and I that's re- usually a good sign. I really don't think we need to, Mm-mm. because it's based on this, the Great yep. Commission, it's based on uh, the, great, the commandment. Great, great Commandment when Jesus was grilled by uh, the attorneys, if you will, and wanted they, they were trying to catch him. And they said, so what's the Trick greatest him. commandment? Trip him up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the greatest commandment? And he said, as it is written, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor is yourself. Yep. So we get love God, love people, and then the Great Commission is really make a difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, Let me read the Great Commission to you. As recorded in Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, this happens to be the New Century Version. The 11 followers, 12 minus Judas, the 11 followers went to Galilee, to the mountain, after the resurrection, obviously, where Jesus had told them to go. On the mountain, they saw Jesus and worshipped him. But some of them did not believe it was really Jesus. Then Jesus came to them and said, All power in heaven and on earth is given to me. So go and make followers of all people in the world. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I have taught you. And I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. And so uh, a great commission, obviously it's the marching orders that Jesus has given to his disciples <laughs> then, but we understand that to be valid and good for us now, too. Just so you know, there's all kinds of strange things happening in the room this morning. <laughs> Tables are falling over, doors are magically opening. I think the Holy Spirit did. The Holy Spirit's definitely at work. <laughs> Lights, we're getting better light outside, the light of the, light of the world so, is improving. So if we seem distracted, it's just because... The whole world's falling apart. <laughs> uh, anyway, these are the marching orders to the disciples. 
yeah. 2,000 years ago, <clears throat> and, and I really believe they're still the marching orders for us today as well. Hmm. And um, and where I started out with the message was because Jesus says it to to the eleven, you know, why should we listen to him? Uh, you know, obviously we know why, but he he kind of reminds them what all power in heaven and on earth is given to me. And so now the one who had lived among them as a man uh, went to the cross, died for them, our sins, all people's sins, uh, is now ascending in heaven. Uh, he will not physically be with them. Obviously, his spirit will. But he's reminding them that all power on heaven and earth is given to him. So there's an authority that goes with the commission. With, right. with the co-mission. The co, the co mission. Right. Together. Mm -hmm. Can't You're do it all, ourselves. Right. You're all co-missioned. Well, I guess my question is, yeah. how do we do that? Um, that's a very good question. Uh, Pastor Jim, why don't you talk? <laughs> <laughs> I just give it away. <laughs> just kidding. Well, I Without found... being too, like, yeah. preachy. Well, I, I found the best way to do it is you get a little box. So you, so you can get about a foot off the ground. You take it to a busy street corner on the Strip in Las Vegas. Yes. And you get up, and with a bullhorn, you start to tell everybody how bad they are and how they're all going to go to hell mm -hmm. and that they have to repent right now because people really love to hear that. And I think that's what you think of whenever you hear that. He's joking. <laughs> I hope they know I'm joking. Sometimes yeah. people don't know I'm joking. Yeah. My wife wonders sometimes. Um, yeah, no, of course not. Uh, there are people that sometimes think that that is the way to to do the Great Commission. But what do you think, Tom? Yeah, there we go. Before we dig in, so <laughs> you, you heard this. What do you think? Um, I think that it's more in your actions, like in your everyday um, interactions with people to kind of lead out this mission versus you know, standing on the soapbox and telling everyone what they're doing wrong and saying how they can do it better by following Christ, if that makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. It does. Well, you talk a little bit about that. Yep. Can we jump around in your sermon a little yeah, bit? Yeah, we can jump. Be well, go ahead. No, well, what I was going to say, where I didn't go in this message, because we do it fairly often. I, I mean, I alluded to it. Obviously, we should go out and do good things, make mm -hmm. a difference. That's our mission statement. And I think mm -hmm. this church does a pretty darn good job of that. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't claim to be perfect, but um, trying to do things through, whether it's the food ministry twice a month, uh, food distribution ministry, the dress a girl, layette ministry, Operation Christmas Child ministry. Uh, Shoebox ministry. Shoebox, the, the wells in Africa that have mm -hmm. been drilled and the sponsorship mm -hmm. of kids. There's a, there's a lot of support of Lutheran social services. Yeah. Um, Lot. The There's Ukrainian a lot. Response. Yeah, the Ukrainian relief. I, I forget now. Holly said more money came in. I'll have to get the exact number, but I mean, it's I well I think over it's 21. 000. It's 21 plus. 21,000 plus. Yeah. That was not in the budget. That was just given because right. you all responded. And mm -hmm. all of that is part of that making a difference, mm -hmm. uh, being Christ's light in the world. Um, and, you know, and, and maybe before I, I get to where I spend some time there was, you know, what what is the mission? Well, Jesus said what? Go and make followers or disciples. Now, I, I chose the version for the sermon, the New Century version. It said followers. Mm -hmm. 
Um, as I was looking at some commentaries and you know, theologians like Pastor Jim, who are much smarter than me, the Greek word evidently could be understood to be follower, disciple. A disciple is a follower, but there seems to be agreement that a disciple is also one who's learning, so mm -hmm. that part of the following process is learning. Uh, but there's a call to obviously go and make more followers, more mm -hmm. disciples. And the limit of where to go is all the people in the world. You're right. So it's a pretty big mission. Yep. And I think sometimes it's hard for people to say, well, then where, what's my part of that mission? Mm -hmm. Well, you did, you know, it's good to stay with that question, though, yeah. because I don't know if we really answered very right. clearly. How do we do this? Right. I mean, you said right. some of the things that we do, but at the very end, I think you make it yep. pretty clear. Well, I gave the assignment, and, and I've been thinking too, because I think we need to follow up on the assignment, uh, you know, probably in the newsletter and just in a prayers and that too, is to say, I believe all of us know at least two people mm -hmm. who don't know Christ yet. Or maybe for some reason... Um, were a part of the church at one point, but left because mm -hmm. they were um, hurt by the church or hurt mm -hmm. by somebody in the church or something like that. But, but uh -huh. I'm thinking especially of people who don't yet know Christ. Um, I mean, I know more than two. Mm -hmm. And how do we go to those people? And, and, and that's, I, I think it's been a lack of strength maybe in the mainline denominations more because we don't want to offend somebody you know right we're very cautious about that. you know and and i think part of our culture has been well faith is personal and we don't want to intrude on anybody but i don't know how you can read what jesus commands about go and make and, mm -hmm. and not deal with that mm -hmm. yeah now uh, that's one part of it but getting back to what i think pastor don said in response to your question too is but how do you do that and he was kidding if, if you didn't know. Well, there's a place for the shoebox ministry. Yeah. Shoebox in the corner ministry. That's just not a way that I... Soapbox. Soapbox. Yeah. Shoebox? Soapbox. Yeah I, yeah, I would agree. I think there are people who probably have come to Christ in that way, but it's not my nature, or no. yours, or ours. Mm -hmm. But in that challenge, if you will, or, or, or whatever to think of two people is, what I said was, you got to keep on loving them. You got to keep on praying for them. Mm -hmm. You keep on loving them. You keep on praying for them. You keep on loving them. You keep on praying for them. And then I think to be open for the time when maybe now their heart is open mm -hmm. for what I call the invitation. Right. And that might be an invitation to church. It might be an invitation just to share your own faith. Mm -hmm. And to say, this is how my relationship with Christ has impacted my life. Yep. Um, it's know, not your job to convert them. Right. That is the Holy Spirit's job. Your job is just to present them with the information. I had, a, I had someone ask me. I should have used this in the sermon. I didn't think of it till now because I saved it for deeper. That's awesome. I had somebody ask me once, how many people have you saved, Pastor Scott? Mm. How many people have you saved? And my answer was none. Never have, never will. Mm. Jesus does the saving, but I'm called to do the planting. All I, I How'd said, they respond to that? Um, pretty well. Mm -hmm. They said, I hadn't thought of it that way. And I said, how can I save anybody? You know, 
Jesus saves people. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit saves people. God saves people. I mean, Jesus went to the cross to save people. Our job, I think, is to plant the seed. Amen. And I plant the seed in sermons. We plant the seed in hospital visits or in you know, visits when people come to the office. But you don't have to be a pastor to plant the seeds. Okay. And sometimes the seeds aren't even verbal. I, right. I, I think it's, it is caring about people and loving people. And um, In fact, I... Again, I might have to give this sermon again because now I'm thinking of other, <laughs> other examples. Save it for next time. It'll come around again. Well... I know I shared it years ago, but we had a neighbor in Las Vegas years ago who lived across the street, obviously, since he was a neighbor. And uh, one day he said, can we have coffee? And I said, sure, we can have coffee. And we went out and he said, I want to be a Christian. And I said, why do you want to be a Christian? <laughs> you know, but I was curious. Why? And he said, well, he said, you and your wife have been so nice to me. And he said, there's just obviously something, you've got something I don't have. I had never invited him to church. Um, I'd never talked to him about Jesus. It's just the way that you and his wife had treated him. Right. And because we had been nice, he knew I was a pastor. Okay. And he said, I've got other friends at work who are Christians. And he said, I love these people. And he said, I see that wow. in them. I see that in you. And he said, I want what you guys have. And so, I, I mean, that's funny that he said that about your wife, because you tell us that your wife's not very nice at all. So I'm amazed that he thought that way. That was you about your wife. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, that was a really eye-opener for me, because I think a lot of people ask the question, you know, how do we do this? And I really hadn't done much except be nice to somebody. Mm -hmm. And he saw something, not just in me, but in other Christians, too. And he said, I want what you guys Let me give you a recent example. Here's another one. And then, Tommy, you have to share a story. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, the, my massage therapist is a, a perfect example. She, uh, and it's, when she, I say she's mine. It's not like I have the same one every time. My wife, two years back, got me one of those year-long um, memberships to, like, Massage Nirvana or something like that. So I go once a month uh, or once every six weeks, and I'm able to get... A massage. Well, uh, there was this one gal that I had, I don't know, every other time or so, because um, that was the day she worked. I could usually go on Fridays, my day off. And so we would just, we would talk. I'm one of those people, when they get a massage, they talk. I think my, it drives my wife nuts. She just sits there in silence. She like, prefers the silence. Um, and so we started talking, and they always ask you what you do. And so I told her. She's like, oh, I used to go to church when I was younger. And I was like, oh, tell me more about that. And so we just, we're just chatting. And then after about three or four sessions so this was over a period of maybe three quarters of a year or a year she said i'd like to come to your church i said that would be awesome what service do i come to and i was like well our best service is uh, i didn't say it um <laughs> careful careful uh, i said you know what is your time you know and she's she works on sunday so she comes to the eight thirty service because uh, she has to be to work after that uh, and now she actually is singing in the praise team. And she was telling me the other day, it just has brought so much happiness and joy to her life. And it's actually started to, to bring even more happiness into her marriage because now she's just cool. happier in her marriage. So, um, and it was just it's conversation because she would ask me questions. I would tell her what it was like before I had Christ in my life and what it's like now and how important it's been for my relationship. And it was more me just telling her what it's done for me 
and then encouraging her, you know, you should check it out sometime. And yeah. she did. Yeah. And now here she is, and she's developing a deeper relationship with Christ. Yeah. It's sometimes it's that simple. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we've overcomplicated we, it. It's not up to us. We just yep. tell people what it's done for our lives. Yep. And then we, and this is where Lutherans sometimes miss it. We got to invite. Yeah. We don't, sometimes we don't take that final step because yeah. what makes us uncomfortable what if they say no what are they going to think of us if you're in a relationship with them it probably you inviting them to church or to a small group or um to a bible study that you're a part of or whatever you know situation maybe it's a church picnic or just whatever where they can be introduced to, to more people into christ it's not going to ruin your relationship no. with them no um and, and then you don't have to have hurt feelings if they do say no and you no, know, take it personal if they say yeah. no, you know, because yeah. maybe it's no this time. Well, you were talking about the one person, this gal's been praying for her husband, and it's only now that he's kind of at the end of his life that he was open yep. to the idea. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. she's been praying for him for like decades. Yeah, yeah and that's why, that's why I said, you know, keep on loving, keep on praying. Keep, mm -hmm. We don't know the timing. Right. Uh, that's not our responsibility. God will take care of the timing. But if we love people, care about them, why wouldn't we want them to know what we know to be the blessings of God through Jesus Christ? A couple of people commented. Connie said, you know, our example can be a great teacher to mm -hmm. other people. And then True, pa Connie. Pastor Jim said, they'll know we are Christians by our yeah, love. Yeah. Amen. They should write a song <laughs> like that. Pastor Jim, write that song, will you? <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, I mean, that's what Jesus said uh, to the disciples at the Last Supper. Uh, you know, love one another, and that's how the world will know. And that's why I said, what do you do? You love them, you pray for them, you love them, you pray for them, and then when that time is right, you invite them. Um, it doesn't have to be the first thing you do. But I think, that's why I said, one of these two people, I, I encourage the congregation, I encourage you, if you live in Las Vegas, one of them needs to be in Las Vegas, so you could actually not only invite, but say, hey, could I pick you up yeah, and bring you to you church? Go. Yeah. Because, you know, if they haven't been here, it, 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 it's hard to know, well, where do I go, et cetera, et cetera. So help them out in that way. And we've had people join the church in the past because of the church picnic, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. because that was the first invite that somebody gave. Mm -hmm. And they met some people, and they're like, oh, these people are kind of nice. Yeah, they're not oh, as weird as I thought they were. They're not as weird as I Oh, look, they're fun. Yeah. All right, Tommy, let's hear a story. Oh, you were serious? Yes. <laughs> Shoot, I wasn't frantically thinking of one. <laughs> I was actually listening to yours. <laughs> I don't think I have one off the top no, of my head. Yes, I, I'm really bad at thinking on the spot of a story like that. Probably well, because we, I'm not we, a we, pastor. So let me ask this. Would you agree <laughs> that what we've said makes more sense in trying to get somebody, somebody who hasn't, either isn't a Christian or maybe left the church uh -huh. for you know whatever reason well i definitely think i you know i think how with your story our actions can be like that biggest sort of invite for them because if they can see that you're living your life this way not to say you never get frustrated or you don't have bouts of bitterness or resentment but how you overcome those can be the example of what it's like to you know be a christian and and kind of have that in your life which can then make them be like, wow, that actually looks like a little bit of a better way than what I'm choosing, maybe, yeah. without you going to them and being like, well, you should be doing this, this, and this. Yeah. It's just your example that kind of shows them that can open up their heart to the, the invitation and, and 
be more receptive to kind of getting that information. You know what I mean? I think we have to be really aware sometimes of our actions and how we are treating people because it can be doing the opposite. Really. It yeah. can. Like this morning, I had to make a phone call. It was related to an issue at church with a vendor, and I was very frustrated with him. And I'm going, be nice, Scott. <laughs> be nice. You know, chances are that person wasn't here, but yet, you know, who am I? And then how do I care? Now, the result, I got the result that I needed, and I did it calmly, although there is, as Pastor Don knows, there is a part of me that can get a little upset on occasion. <laughs> and, um, but sometimes that, it, it is that conscious decision to say, okay, how am I going to treat people? Mm-hmm. Knowing, you know, who, knowing, you know, how, am I, how, how might people respond uh, if I don't treat them well? Mm-hmm. Or what could the outcome of this interaction be? Right. You know, going forward. And, and how that can bring someone to Christ. Yeah. Penn and Teller. Is it Penn? Penn's the tall one? I Teller's the tiny I one? I know it's Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller. He, I wish I had that quote in front of me, but he's an atheist. Um, and he has a quote that says, how much must you have to dislike someone to be a Christian and really believe what Christ says about heaven and hell and eternal life and not invite them into a relationship. Because if you really believe that if they do not believe in Christ, they're going to go to hell, why would you not invite every single person you know to at least start that relationship, right? Um, And I think... We are, in mainline churches, we are very cautious with our faith because we think God's grace, and this is where I think it comes from, we think God's grace is very expansive and that God's grace is able to work in people's lives in ways that we cannot. Here, where some of maybe more of our conservative brothers and sisters in the faith think that if you don't if you don't get your neighbor to accept Jesus Christ, they are truly going to burn in hell. Yeah. Whereas in Lutheran church, we say, well, maybe God's grace is going to find a way to bring them into heaven anyway. But... Why would you leave that up to chance? Right. And, and, and why, if, it's, if the faith journey is helpful to us in the lives that we lead, we will, why wouldn't we want that to be true mm-hmm. for our friends or you know, people that we care about, too? And, and I guess it, just, it, it hit me as I was thinking about and praying about what was I going to say last weekend. Because Pastor Don and I talked a little bit about this. I mean, we do a good job at serving and... But we're not, you know, we can do better, uh, and we can do more. Uh, but yet, we too haven't probably talked as much as we should to, to just encourage people to say, "There, people are looking mm-hmm. for what oh. we we believe." Right. When you try to put your faith in the things of the world, it doesn't take you very long to figure out that right. that's not going to work. Right. That there's really not a lot of peace or contentment or happiness right. in things or money or career. I mean, that stuff works for a while but anybody with any kind of wisdom or self-reflection ability realizes wow that's that's kind of an empty empty pursuit and so yeah people are open to being led to the truth where there is real peace and contentment we should do a sermon series on contentment we should we should you know what we're gonna, let's start it next week this Sunday, boom you're, it's on you you know i bet you we could probably almost find 10 commandments <laughs> on contentment we could call it the contentment commandments i love it i love it be here 
or online this week. But, you know, because folks have said, well, you know, is Good Sam growing? Are we? And I think we are seeing more people come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we know by people who have joined the church that the three main reasons people come here, uh, the lowest one is driving by. Uh, next is Google or looking mm-hmm. for a church online. But then the number one was somebody invited them. Invitation, to come. baby. Somebody Invitation. invited them to come. And um, I think that is part of how we live out the Great Commission. Um, Got to go. Right. Go. There's a, there's a go. It's, you can't be sitting on your butt on the couch. There's no going in that. No doesn't, go. Jesus doesn't say sit. <laughs> or stay and home. Sit. Stay home and make disciples of all nations. Although you can share through like the internet and so you can't be sitting on your couch i guess you can technically um, but you have to go with Stand your finger to share. You <laughs> share right now i was just no. gonna say i think it can be really uncomfortable and it's like difficult to move past that discomfort but going back to the picnic like you said um we have so many opportunities to extend invitation that could be that stepping stone um that is a little bit less uncomfortable to invite yeah. to you know yeah. if you are struggling with how to kind of reach out and make that invitation it could be hey would you like to come with me to this picnic and then that could be the stepping stone yeah. or you know my kids go to vacation bible school would you like to sign your kids up too or yep. whatever um where it can feel a little easier mm-hmm. but i think sometimes we forget we have those opportunities too yep yep yeah, and, and I think it's just that awareness level of being open, being aware. You know, somebody says something, you know, hey, you know, uh, I guess the pastors are doing a series on contentment. It might be helpful to mm-hmm. you. And, um, a lot of discontent people out there. Yeah. So um. I, I think, well, let, let me just share the why. You know, why do we do it? Why did Jesus give it to us? And I know Pastor Jim, the second part of the... John 3, 16 and 17. Pastor Jim's favorite verse is verse 17. Why do we do it? God so loved the people of this world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who has faith in Jesus will have eternal life and never really die. God did not send his son into the world to condemn its people. He sent them to save them. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good news. And uh, it should be something that's attractive to people if we help make it that way too. So, Amen. two people. Two people. Two. Glenna, remember that. Janet, great to have you with us. Two people. Two people. It's not a lot. One in Las Vegas, if you live in Las Vegas. At least that Both could be in Las mm-hmm. Vegas, mm-hmm. But, but at least one of them. And it might be a son, a daughter, could be a mom or a dad, aunt or uncle, somebody You know what I was with? thinking about? Because I've stopped praying for him. Uh, just got lazy. Is my brother. My brother is, uh, is not a believer. Um, and not against it he's not uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for he's not antagonistic towards the faith he's just apathetic yeah and uh <clears throat> i want to pray for him and my and his girlfriend slash sister-in-law they've been together for a long time so um yeah i just want to keep i want to get back to praying for them and loving them and and uh, maybe even inviting them yeah so you know, thanks for sharing that because I think that's you know we all know people mm-hmm. like that, and and I just pray that we have the heart to pray for them, um, to invite them, to love them, 
And if you got not, kids or grandkids, yep. you know, if you have any number of kids or grandkids, you probably have one or two of them that are not um, either active in their faith or have drifted away from the faith, and you should add them to your prayer list. Right. Pray for them, and when you're around them and, in, and the opportunity is correct, invite them. Invite them into a conversation. Invite them to church. Invite them, especially if you're a grandparent, man. The grandkids think you are the cat's meow, and uh, you absolutely have the ability and the wherewithal to start a relationship with Christ with those grandkids by putting them in a setting where they can kind of be exposed to that story. I'm telling you, grandparents, and life-changing. when people do these things, we'll take the rest of the Great Commission. We'd love to baptize them at some point. Be happy to do that. And uh, we give teaching opportunities, too, for kids, but also adults. Absolutely. And that's part of how, as a church family, we live out the Great Commission as well. Mm -hmm. I can't wow. see if this there is a good questions. story. Mm -hmm. Nope. I think right. I already repeated everything. Go for it, everyone. Two people. Go. Two people. Therefore. Make. Disciples. Baptize, and teach. Teach. And remember that Jesus is with you always yeah. until the very end of time. Thanks for reminding me of that because I, I love that last phrase that he said. Um, he's going to be with you in that process right. and everything else, too. It's not so, up to you. That's right. It's not 100% up to you. I mean, you are the feet and the hands, but Jesus is right there with you, guiding, strengthening, encouraging. Plant the seeds. He'll bring the harvest. Amen. All right. Thank you to those who are listening on the podcast yes. today, too. Appreciate that. And if you're listening to the podcast, you can always go to goodsamlv.com for more information about the church as well. And thank you to each and every one of you tuning in today. Great to have you guys with us on our Wednesday Wednesday Deeper community. I just uh, love that you guys are part of it. God bless you, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Good News from Good Sam. We ask that you would join us again for our next podcast as we continue to go deeper. And remember to subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And again, I'm Pastor Scott. And I'm Pastor Don. Thanks for listening, and we just hope you have a great day. Amen.